Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. You know, as I'm sharing this message and as we're recording, we are leading up to Pentecost Sunday. It's coming this Sunday. You may be watching this a little bit later and it's since passed, but you know, Pentecost is not just meant to be a Sunday once a year, but it's meant to be every day. The word Pentecost might be a little confusing to you if you're not familiar with what it means, but the day of Pentecost in the Bible in Acts chapter 2 is the day that Jesus sends the Holy Spirit out on all of his disciples. It was already a Jewish holiday and they were gathered together, the Bible says, in one place and one accord, waiting for the precious promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus came to the earth and you know the disciples had the benefit of hearing all of his teachings and sharing great wisdom and seeing all the miracles and wonders that Jesus had performed but they also watched him die they watched him take on the sins of the world on his own body and by his blood our sins are forgiven if we would receive by faith his grace in believing him to be the son of God and that he did that for us but even more importantly the disciples three days later saw Jesus raised from the dead. It shows that we not only can have victory over sin, but also victory over death through faith in Jesus alone. That was quite a miracle. But in this time period we see at the day of Pentecost, Jesus had ascended into heaven, but he instructed his disciples to wait. Wait. Just wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem yet. There's something that you need that you don't yet have. And if you'll wait at the right time, I'm going to send him to you. And it's the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus was referring to. Now in the Old Testament, we would see the Holy Spirit kind of come and go. And David even prayed, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. Because there were times when it would come and go. It was kind of an anointing that would come and it would go. Samson, the great strong man in the Bible, there were moments when he had feats of great strength and moments when he was just an ordinary man because the Spirit would come on him and he would perform these things. It would come and it would go. But in the New Testament, because of the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us if we'll welcome him in by faith into our hearts. And so on the day of Pentecost, all these disciples were gathered together in one place. They were celebrating this already Jewish feast of Pentecost. They were doing it together. They were doing what Jesus said. Jesus said, stick together, stay united, but wait. Don't go until you've received what my Father has promised, this precious Holy Spirit. And so as they gather there together, Acts chapter 2 describes the event and says, there was a sound like the rushing of a mighty wind that came into the room. And what looks like tongues of fire came to rest on the heads of each one of the disciples who were in that room. And they began to speak in other tongues, declaring the glories and the mysteries of God. And people around them who spoke different languages heard the gospel being declared in their language by men who did not naturally know how to speak their language. It was through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that they declared that Jesus is good, that He is King, that He loves us. We need another testimony of the tongue of fire in the church today. 
We need it in our world today. We need it in our living rooms. And I know that there are people like us gathered together, some in living rooms, some in offices, Because of this COVID crisis, maybe we can't gather like we used to, but there are upper rooms all over this nation, all through the church, waiting for Jesus to send the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you today, your waiting is not in vain. If we can stay in one accord, that means that we are expecting the same thing. We're waiting for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus has already come. We know He's already sent the Holy Spirit. But I believe that very soon we're going to see a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church again. And He's going to pour it out on disciples. We need another testimony of the tongue of fire working in the church today. There's lots of opinions. There's lots of rhetoric. There's lots of dialogue. There's lots of narrative in our world. You'll get on any social media platform. and You'll see the wisdom of man flowing to and fro. It's going everywhere. But it's the wisdom of man. It will always fail at some point in time. But with the wisdom of God and the power of God, this world can change. It won't change because of my opinion on Facebook. It will change because God has poured out His Spirit on all flesh, young, old, men, women, on His sons and daughters. And because of that, we will declare the goodness of God in this generation. And we'll see miracles return to the church. We'll see powerful healing evangelists raising up, laying hands on the sick, not running from COVID patients, but running to them and seeing them healed just like Jesus healed lepers in his day. This is the testimony of the church and it's coming. It's coming very soon. I want to share with you two scriptures. I know I'm passionate about this, but I'm so anticipating what God's going to do here. In James chapter 5, verse 7, He says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. I want to talk to you about these two rains, the early rain and the latter rain. And even Moses in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 through 15, he says, So if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today, to love the Lord God and to serve Him with all your heart and all your soul. Then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. So James talks about the early and the latter rain, and Moses talks about the autumn and the spring rains. It's the same rains, but different names. And I know many of you watching may not have grown up in agricultural society. I didn't either. I grew up in the suburbs. But I still can learn and help you understand what is meant here by the farmer who's waiting for both the early and the latter rain. Moses tells us that God sends both of these rains, but they have different purposes. You see, the autumn rain is the rains that come in the autumn in the fall. And it's kind of the soft, gentle rain that over the hot summer, often soil will get dry, it'll get parched, it'll get cracked. 
If you live in a typical drought area like we do in the summertime, we can go through periods where there's not a whole lot of rain and you end up with water restrictions. If you're living in California, you know every, everything that I'm talking about right now. And it gets cracked. Well, if you got a heavy downpour on top of land that has been parched and cracked and dry, what's going to happen to that soil? It will wash the soil away. And that's why in California and even places in Australia, you get massive mudslides and landslides because you have long periods of drought with all of a sudden massive downpours and flash flooding and the soil can't handle it. It washes right out. And it actually can do more harm than good. So what God does is in those times after that dry, parched time, He sends the autumn rains, the early rains, and it's a soft, gentle, saturating rain that prepares the soil to receive seed. You see, those gentle rains will gradually soak into the soil. Rather than wash it all out with what we would describe as a gully washer, it prepares the soil to receive the seed. See, if you had put the soil on that dry, cracked earth, it would just blow away, never take root, and never germinate. But with these soft, gentle rains, that soil can now receive the seed so that it can take root and germinate. But in between these two times is winter. So the autumn rain prepares the soil to receive the seed. And the seed goes in and it stays there. But that seed and that farmer have to wait. When James says that the farmer patiently waits for the precious fruit of the earth. He knows that in that time between the early and the latter rains, there's not a whole lot that he can do except wait patiently in expectation for something that's going to come. So then the latter rain, the spring rains, what happens? Well, in the springtime, you already have a seed that's in the ground. It's, it, it's in the ground. The soil has been prepared by the former rain. The seed's in the ground. But something needs to happen that breaks open the husk of that seed. That's where the spring rains come in. If you've ever been in spring rains, those are the gully washes we're talking about. Thunderstorms, April showers that bring May flowers. It is downpours of rain. But now the soil is no longer dry. It's been saturated over the wintertime. If you ever walk through your grass in the wintertime, you notice the ground's always soggy. That's the rain that's prepared that soil. And now when the spring rains come, it busts open the seeds so that it can produce the fruit and produce the life that we are meant to live. God sends both the spring and the autumn rains. And in between, there's a time period of waiting. These disciples on the day of Pentecost, they were stuck between the autumn and the spring rains. They had already received the seed of the gospel into their hearts, but they were waiting for something to break open the seed. They were waiting for something to be poured out so that what was in them would not just stay in them, but would burst out. And when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, it was the spring rain that not only empowered them to live the life God called them to live, but it burst open the seed. No longer what was in them was staying in them. It was getting out. And the immediate consequence of that was to speak the gospel in other tongues. 
instantly evangelism became one of power. Instantly, there was no uh, uh, chasm between races. There was no black-white. There was no language barrier. There was no ethnic barrier. There was no age barrier. All the people around them knew is that I hear the goodness of God being declared in my own language. These apostles and these disciples did not have to go learn a language, learn the culture, learn how to be all these things. They just declared with power. The Holy Spirit gave them relevance. The Holy Spirit gave them the gospel message in the tongues that those people needed. We need another testimony of the tongue of fire in the church today. And it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Are you waiting? Are you expectant? I want the spring rains. We've been waiting patiently. We've been in a winter season. But the spring rain is coming. We will see miracles return to the church. We will see blind eyes open. We believe we will see hospitals closed, not because of disease, but because there is no disease. Because the power of God's Spirit working through His disciples who have surrendered their heart to Him, who have received the seed of the gospel, had the spring rain come and have it unlocked in their hearts, are pouring out healing. There's rivers of living water flowing from them that are bringing love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control into their world. And it's changing the world around them. Not because they had the greatest social media platform influence. Not because they had great, incredible arguments and sound words and logic. It's because they're moving in power. And that power only comes from God Himself. It comes from the baptism, the renewal of the Holy Spirit in the heart of a disciple. The autumn rains have come. The spring rains are coming. Now I want you to hear this. When we talk about the field into which these seeds are placed, it's in our hearts. It is our hearts in which God wants to place His seed. And when I say that you have to have seed in the ground, I'm not talking about your financial giving. I'm not talking about your church attendance or how many different teams or organizations you, you serve on and volunteer. That's not the seed in the ground I'm talking about. I'm talking about receiving Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. That's the seed that's in the ground. When you've allowed the gospel to come into your heart, when you've surrendered your heart to Him and made Him both Lord and Savior of your life, you have received the seed. But you know, in order to receive the seed, there first have to be the autumn rains. There first have to be the the rain that prepares the soil to receive the seed. So what is that for us? Well, in our church, we've been really focusing on helping people experience the love of the Father. That's God. Not just to know about it. You know, my kids know that I love them, but they need to experience my love. Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That word know in the Greek in the original language of the Bible of the New Testament doesn't mean a head knowledge, it means an experience. In other words, you will experience the truth and that experience will set you free. It's not just loving something, it's being in love. When you experience the love of Jesus, 
When you experience the love of the Father God in your heart, it prepares your heart to receive the seed. You see, if I haven't experienced that love, it's very difficult for me to receive the gospel. And the truth of the matter is, there's many who walk around today still maybe giving a mental assent to the love of God, but they really haven't experienced it themselves. Many have not experienced that because other Christians have not been able to share it with them. Oftentimes, the testimony of Christians, if you look on social media, is more about what they're against than what it is they're for. My heart grieves for that. Because when I see a Christian that's just spouting anti-everything, it makes me realize that person may not have truly experienced the love of the Father yet. They've skipped a step. And so the seed that got placed in their heart Maybe it didn't take root quite as much as it should. I had a friend of mine who was just recently sharing with us about uh, a situation in her neighborhood. And this person is not a Christian, but yet there's another neighbor who recently uh, made a decision to follow Jesus, but they had not really yet experienced the love of the Father. And, and this other neighbor was just telling them how uh, they had pulled their kids away from them and they didn't want their kids to play anymore. And this person who was not a Christian was confused, saying, I don't understand why you won't let my kids play with your kids anymore. And then finally, at this period of isolation, the neighbor who was now a Christian said, well, you're too ungodly to play with my kids, and you, you're not a devout Christian, so you don't understand anything about the Bible, and I don't want my kids hanging around somebody who doesn't know anything about the Bible. And my heart kind of broke for this, because here it is, this woman who does not have the same belief system as the other, but yet is experiencing a Christian whose seed has not really yet taken root. And the reason I think that happens sometimes is not because that person is just a judgmental and legalistic person, though that's what's happening right now. I think it's someone who skipped a step. They didn't yet experience the love of the Father. And they took on a belief system. They might have heard the gospel and took on that belief system without actually surrendering their heart to the love of God to begin with. You see, the Bible says it's the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. That's the love of God that draws it to us. It's not a belief system. It's not an argument. It's His love. We respond to the Father's invitation of love, and it prepares our hearts to receive the seed of the gospel. And it's very difficult to receive that seed if you've not yet prepared your heart. I want you to experience the love of the Father. Then I want you to receive the seed. Then I want you to wait for the empowerment of the spring rains and the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you find yourself in that story. You may not even be a farmer yet. You may just be a traveler and you've not had your heart prepared. You've not received seed and you're certainly maybe not ready for the Holy Spirit yet. Maybe you've received that seed. Maybe that, that seed of the gospel fell on fertile ground and you've accepted Jesus into your heart. But you're not walking in the power that you see what's happening in the book of Acts and in the New Testament. Or maybe the fruit of your life is not quite the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness that Galatians 5 talks about. Maybe you're only seeing partial fruit right now. Here's my encouragement to you. Wait. Because the Holy Spirit is coming. And if you ask Him, the Father will send Him to you, into your heart. 
and you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit to see His power at work in you. Get your seed in the ground. That happens when you receive the Father's love. The autumn rains for us is the receiving and experience of the love of the Father for us. That is our autumn rain. It prepares our hearts for what's coming later. So when we receive an experience, and the way we do that is by making ourselves open and vulnerable. You know, it's hard to love when you've been hurt in the past. I understand that. But yet God's called us to be recipients of His love, not His wrath. When we close our hearts off to Him, that's when all of the voices of the enemy and the distractions of this world starts to fill our ears and we get confused. But you were prepared to receive God's love. You were prepared as an object of love. So when you surrender your heart to the invitation of God's love that He's sent out to us for all of creation, for all of eternity, then our heart can receive the seed of the gospel. That when He says, I want to come in, that when Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. It's kind of an old word, isn't it? But God's knocking on the door of our hearts. And He wants us to receive Him because He wants to save us. He wants to cleanse us of all of our sin and all of our unrighteousness and help us begin a new life with Him. That's the autumn rain. But the latter rain, the spring rain, it's much harder. It's much more intense. And it breaks open the seed. That means that when I have the love of the Father in my heart because of the autumn rains and the seed that's been deposited, the spring rain busts the husk open of that gospel, busts open the seed of love that's in me, and it comes out. So what's in me doesn't stay out. The autumn rains have come. The spring rains are coming. I pray that we would be looking for those spring rains, those latter rains, that will come and will absolutely change our lives and change the world around us. You know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a coffee enthusiast, maybe a coffee snob, but we bought a, a cappuccino machine we've had for quite a while, and Romy and I both really love coffee. And my coffee maker, you know, the way a cappuccino works is you grind the coffee very fine, you put it into the filter basket, and you press it down with a lot of pressure into the basket so it makes a tight little wad or puck of coffee. And then you put it into the cappuccino machine and the cappuccino machine puts hot water at high pressure through that coffee so that it extracts the most flavor and body out of those coffee beans. Not like those little percolator or drip coffees that just kind of let water fall through it. Who wants that? I want pressure. I want heat and pressure to bring every last bit of flavor out of that coffee bean that I can. But I learned a technique the other day. I'm a student of coffee making. I want to get better at it all the time. And it's called pre-infusion. That means that when I lock that filter basket into the machine and I begin to start the process of pushing water through, what I do is I push the button for about two seconds, which lets a little bit of coffee come into the grounds before it flows through at pressure. And when that pre-infusion lets a little bit of water into the coffee grounds, it just for that little short moment gets water into them and the coffee grounds expand. So they take up all the space between the filter basket and the brew head. 
Am I getting too technical here? But that pre-infusion, it swells the coffee. It prepares the coffee for the pressure that's coming. And then I push the button again, and all that pressured hot water comes through it, and it pulls out the sweetest, most beautiful, I know you want coffee right now, don't you? The sweetest, most beautiful shot of coffee you've ever had. And it has made my cappuccinos better than they've ever been. Pre-infusion. And I believe that's kind of like these autumn rains and spring rains. There's a little bit of water that comes that prepare the coffee grounds for the pressure that's going to come. And when that coffee receives that little bit of water, I picture these little coffee grounds in anticipation. More is coming! More is coming! That's just my own head. And then the coffee comes through, the water comes through at pressure, and it pulls this great shot. That's what I hope and pray for the church. I pray we be like those little coffee grounds sitting in there, receiving that first dose of pre-infusion, going, oh, it's happening, it's coming. This is what I've been created for. Is that everything in me would be pulled out, that the power of God would flow to me, would flow through me, and what comes out of me is sweet. What comes out of me is life. What comes out of me will wake people up, just like that espresso does. There is a spring rain that is coming. And those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. Psalm 92.13 teaches us that. And when you're planted in the house, it means that you've received and experienced the love of the Father. You've given your heart over to Him after hearing the gospel, and the seed is in you. That's what planting means. But the flourishing comes with the spring rains. It comes with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It comes with tongue of fire coming on you and speaking through you. And that's what I believe is going to happen. You know, I do believe that we're in this waiting period, this in-between period. This COVID crisis that's happened worldwide has spread people out thin. It's meant that they can't gather like they used to gather. And it means that we're all seemingly waiting just to get back into our church buildings. But can I tell you, it's not about the building. It's not even about the gathering. Because in whatever upper room you're sitting in right now, you can be in one accord, believing, praying, hoping, maybe even fasting, for God's power to come onto the church, to come onto you, to come to your family, to come into you, that our world might be changed through you. We don't have to sit around and wait for the world to change so that we can come out. We can be the catalyst for that change if we will receive His spring rain when it comes. In the book of Luke, chapter 23, it describes that moment when Jesus died on the cross. And in verse 44, it says it was about noon and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. When Jesus died, everything went dark. 
but the spring rain was coming. I know that some people right now are under a cloud of darkness. There's been depression that's hit pretty severely around the world. I know friends that are dealing with it. There's anxiety issues that have flared up with people who normally aren't all that anxious. I've seen fear creep into the hearts of some of the bravest people that I know. And there's a dark cloud that's hanging over people right now. And it's causing them to question whether God is even there or not. But I want you to know that the darker the cloud that I'm under, the greater the rain that is coming. And there is a rain that's coming that will break open the seed. That depression that you're feeling right now, it might be the enemy convincing you that the world is going to fall apart just because it's dark outside. But I want to tell you that what you're seeing is a dark cloud over you that's about to pour out rain to break open the seed. That the gospel of Jesus Christ that's ruling and reigning in your heart is about to burst forth into joy. Break forth into joy, O oh my soul. And your life will be a testimony of God's goodness, of God's greatness, of His healing power, of His deliverance, and of His salvation. You are going to be a testimony of His healing. We need a testimony of the tongue of fire in the church once again. And I believe it's coming very soon. So I encourage you, wherever you are, wait patiently. But wait as a farmer, like James tells us. Wait as the farmer, waiting patiently for the precious fruit of the earth. That fruit of the earth is coming out of your heart. God bless you and hope you have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com. 